0: I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I head up Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. We use hip hop statistics
1: to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm director of the Fifth Element. Well, I highlight the Fifth Element hip hop, which is knowledge. We are in the place to be. This ain't no fucking mixtape. This is the most luscious podcast in the game. Ben with the numbers. Charlie T in the place to be. This ain't a mixtape. This is digging the digits. <laughs> We're doing mixtape stuff. <laughs> Worse and worse. by the fucking you need to put me on the control. Back, so <sighs> <Google. laughs>
0: better and better and better and better and better. better. <laughs> Far out.
1: Oh shit! <laughs> Exclusive new shit. <laughs> I was trying to get all the superlatives in, but I forgot half of them. <laughs> oh my god! There's about a billion of them. There's about <sighs> a billion of them. L.A. Leakers, where'd you find this shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my god!
1: Uh Oh right. god. We'll all play sir. Right. We'll play. Hi Ben Hello <laughs> oh, Charlie. <laughs> oh god. Okay, right. Uh Oof. how <laughs> Uh, without further, without further ado, just gonna move on from that because it was excruciatingly painful. I really, I really had it all in my mind. I was like, I spent the past hours just like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rhyme it. I'm gonna get all the superlatives in, and then I just fucking bolded uh... it. Was, but hey, I got the energy in there, I guess. I, I didn't even get the, I didn't even get the horns in. The... I was gonna, I was gonna do that as well. But anyway, how was your week, been, Ben? Uh... And what have you been listening to? I could only guess what you've been listening to. Uh, <laughs> Oh shit, bro! <laughs> oh, I tell you what, man. I needed that.
0: I needed that. St- <laughs> I needed that little endorphin rush from uh, from you because uh, I've been getting dragged, man. I've been getting dragged across the world this morning because I got a Kim Kardashian retweet, and the Christian hip hop community is not happy with me because apparently I'm trying to uh, quantify religious freedom, which uh, I don't remember actually mentioning in my tweet. <laughs> But, um, you know, <laughs> I feel like at this point, I just need to, like, cut and paste the logical fallacy uh, link to the website and say, look, can you just guys not do this when you attack me? Because I'm, I'm over it. I'm so tired from responding to this stuff. But, um, yeah, man, it's done. It's done. I have, I did listen to uh, the Kanye album. I will, I'll speak about that last because I don't know if you listen to it, but uh, we can get into that. Last, But I I listened to, uh, this week I listened to Homeboy Sandman's Dusty. Now, I hate to agree with Pitchfork on this, but they summed it up in two sentences and they wrote, But what mostly comes through on Dusty is what he's already communicated over and over again. He's a technically accomplished rapper and that's about it. If you're looking for someone who will cram words like hypotenuse into verses, this is the album for you. And I was driving along, right, listening to this, and I was already in a bad mood. Charlie can attest to this. I've been in a bad mood all week. Uh, And I was angry. And I, I just thought to myself, man, this album would have slayed in 1987. Like, I assume that the title is more to goad than to pay homage and it's a, but it's a fitting throwback to a time when I think he'd have been championed for his rap style. Switching up flows and cadence within a pretty standard beat structure is kind of what Rakim did in the late the late '80s, the late '80s, like 30 years ago. But unfortunately, now we have Homeboy Sandman trying to emulate J D Kiss's now iconic Y. And I don't know why he's doing this. It's absolute folly to an attempt and to attempt an update on that especially when he has songs like Pussy on this album, on which he raps, in any non-pussy situation, pussy is what's missing, but always pussy with permission. Very rigid on that provision, it's just a given. Homeboy Sandman, consent is literally the absolute baseline requirement for sex to take place. Consent has been required since ancient Roman law. Okay? Grow up, bro. We're past that. Don't listen to this album. Don't waste the freaking space in your phone. Alright. Clipping. There existed an addiction to blood. Now. Again, a little bit angry here. Can we please stop calling any album that dares to slightly step out of the sound of the present zeitgeist experimental? How is adding instrumental stretches and non-standard production even approaching the envelope, let alone pushing it? Okay, that's, an, that's a personal gripe because I love this album. I love this album. Uh, it's 37.4% is overt violence, 25% is anxious, 20.8% uh, references death, 18.3% is socially conscious, and 8.7% of the lyrics are just blood references, which is incredible. Uh, I felt the production on this project is movie score level at times. Um, there's looping, which precludes it from a true ambient experience. However, within this structure, Hut- Hudson and Snipes build immense unceasing tension, which remains resol- unresolved at the completion of Piano Burning, which was a pretty cool adding that uh, instrumental at the end. I, I quite liked that. Um, Diggs raps really well. I felt his performance was a bit patchy, and at times it took me out of the listening experience. But um, up until Club Down, I, I think the album was totally flawless. And when Benny the Butcher comes in, oh my gosh, man, that beat is hard as bricks. And I'm driving along. I, I replayed it three times, and I almost pulled over on, on a freeway. It would have been dangerous for me to do this for my well-being. But I wanted to leave Charlie a message like just going, Oh shit. Like Benny is just oh man, Benny the Butcher is is the best rapper of 2019. I'm I'm going on record and just putting that out there, man. He he sounds like freaking velvet over any beat right now. Um so that was that. I would recommend listening to that. Now, Jesus is king. Uh I don't want to go too deep into this because I'm agnostic which means that I don't really know if God exists or any other deity. And this album is pure gospel. It's 94.6% religious percent religious. Um, and there's only two, 22 bars that might not be considered religious, 13 from Kanye and 9 from the clips. The content didn't hold any real appeal to me. It wasn't able to hold my attention. Uh, the only thing that perked my ears up was a line about wishing people in the prison yard well, which I found a bit odd. Uh, I don't really know how they'd feel about a throwaway line on a record praising the blessings of that God has bestowed upon Kanye. I always feel like it's almost a little bit disingenuous when people who have clearly been given a lot of talent and a lot of skill and a lot of genius uh, praise the blessings of God. Uh, I don't know how other people feel who are struggling in life like you know are they not blessed i i just don't really know i don't know man i don't want to get into a deep existential thing on religion but i thought the beats were really really good on this project um i think that if his, his lyrical content was like prior to watch the throne maybe even prior to yeah watch the throne i would say i, I felt like his lyrical content dropped off dropped off after that we might have a classic on our hands here, but uh, I just, I can't get into the message, man. I, it just, I don't know. I'm I'm not religious. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, that's all I can say. What I will say is that people online, it's been a very mixed reaction. About 50% have loved it and 50% have just disengaged with it. And um, I have to still praise Kanye for actually going down this route, I mean, he just keeps doing whatever he wants to do, and I think it's quite brave, I don't think he's doing this uh, cynically, I don't think he's doing this just to get extra plays and extra sales, you know, he's, he's like, when Kim Kardashian retweeted this this morning, most of Kim's followers were pretty critical of Kanye and, and him going down this path, so I certainly don't think he's doing it just to get more views or more sales, but... Yeah, man, it wasn't for me this album. Um, did you get a chance to listen to it?
1: Yes, so I did listen to it. Um, I liked how you started with uh, you, you started your analysis of the album with uh, your religious beliefs, <laughs> like, oh, we, like, it, like we like like we like it's a prerequisite. I, um, it. I am an agnostic, so just so you know, that's where I'm at in uh, religious terms. Um, I I, I, I okay, so I'm just gonna time myself and give myself a minute because I. That's I think that's why I feel like this album deserves. So minute started. Um, yeah, it's so it's okay, it's it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's sorry. um the beats of the beats final production was great. Uh, enjoyed the enjoyed the summer production. Uh, lyrically, once again, yeah, I'm just left underwhelmed. Uh, why why are we saying Sunday? Yeah, we get it. Chick Fil A Sundays closed. Yeah, that was that was a real, mm. real, real smart bar. Um, a and also, uh, Booker Job Booker Job. I thought it was job <sighs> Oh dear. <sighs> yeah. That yeah, that's that kind of just some some of my that was just some of my reactions for, for some of those tracks. I was just like uh, <sighs> okay yeah but um yeah just that just made me that just made me roll my eyes um the the clips reunion was great great uh great addition and also the kenny uh kenny uh, kenny g is that his name i've got yeah, i've kenny, got to do the saxophone's name yeah. but yes the uh, saxophone dude uh, coming through yeah that was an ama- <laughs> that was quite an ama- uh, ingenious collab but yeah overall it's all right it's cool i'm not probably not going to go back to it and that's a minute done so let's move on to albums I actually did listen to nice. and actually wanted to listen to and actually rated um, where are we at so sorry Kanye. we start with Blue and Fat Jack uh, Underground Makes the World Go Round that's the fourth project uh, with Blue's name on it this year uh, that's two collab albums uh, one collab e- well and two collab EPs now and this one's very, uh, very freeform. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, freestyles here. Some of them actually have freestyles in the name of them. Uh, there's a couple good. Uh, there's a couple good uh, 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 features on here. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> AC alone's here. I Haven't heard AC alone in a while, so that was quite fun. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was a good it was good EP. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Otis Mensa, uh rap poetics. He is a uh, Midlands, uh, mid, middle of the UK. Uh, uh, rapper slash poet he does spoken he does spoken word And this uh ep and his previous ep that i put in my top 10 last year uh mum's house philosopher was uh just so good and this dude's just it's, it's just really clean with how he with how he raps it's very it's like half rapped half spoken word and he just chops and changes in between uh, or, or it's kind of very actually it's very simultaneous Simultaneous is how he does it. It's just really fascinating and how and uh, how he goes about it. But yeah, it's, it, that, was, that was a good. That was a good EP, worth worth listen. And uh, I went back. Uh, I, I forgot. I don't know when this dropped. I forgot when this dropped. But I don't know. Uh, but I know it wasn't recently. Uh, the Alchemist. Uh, Yat Yat Yacht Rock Two. Uh, yeah. This, this is this is a real. This is a really clean album. I actually really enjoyed this one. Uh, simply because of the uh, the way that it all just bleeds. Into each other, it just felt like It just felt like 23 minutes of just continuous like beat changing. It, like, there was no, there was no, there was just no letting up. I, I liked how the mixing worked on this album. Uh, some good, uh, some good, uh, uh features on here. The, obviously, there's some notable names. There's Action Bronson, there's uh, uh there's Rob Marciano. Yes, Benny the Butcher's here, Westside Eye Gun and Conway's here because you know, they them lot don't sleep. Uh, El Camino's also on here as well, um, but yeah, there was actually some IS I've never heard uh, ever, and uh, they did some great, uh, great features on here. Gangrene, uh, Boldy James did a good uh, features on here. So yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed that album uh, out, of, out of the out of the ones I listened to this week. That was probably my favourite. But yeah, everyone wants to talk about Jesus is King because reasons. Yeah. And yes, so we shall get to the start of the show. All right, and if. What the fuck was that? Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gee, okay. Uh, is, that, is that your is that your push tea? Yeah. Is it is that your is that your is that your? Uh, hey man, could be. Uh, is that your way of doing it? It could be. <laughs> okay. It could be. Is that your free? Is that that's, that's Ben? That's Ben's. That's Ben's. Uh, that's Ben's tagline. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's his tagline. Hopefully, uh, pusher doesn't uh, f- uh, sue you for copyright. <laughs> I hope not. So yes, uh, by my highly erratic and highly energetic, uh, trying to be Kid Capri uh, type uh intro uh we are talking about mixtapes uh this this episode and i'm i i have a i have a uh a, a strenuous time i i read i don't know why i put myself through, the, through this like stressing of artists uh of asking artists and labels and streaming site, uh, streaming uh, platforms to say what the project is. Can you please all label it the same? And also publications as well, because sometimes they just say, they either don't say anything, they just say project, which means they don't know what the fuck it is. Um, and it just annoys me. Like, so we have EPs, we have albums, and we have mixtapes, right? Three distinct things. But now it's just, now they're just bleeding into each other. Obviously last obviously last year, I'm... Um, I, I, I complained about uh, Kanye's "quote unquote" albums, uh, even though they were EP length, and I'm like, what? What the? What? What class is as an album anymore if that isn't an EP? Because they were like half, they were like less than half an hour long, all of them. And Twenty minutes. For, to me, that's an EP. That class is an EP to me, and now mixtapes in the past decade have just be, basically become albums now, and I'm just utterly confused. So. Hopefully, by the end of this, um, I'll be a little less stressed about this, um, I won't hold my breath, uh, but yeah, that's what we're talking about today, we're talking about mixtapes, and a uh, little, little little backstory into mixtapes, and uh, yeah, just uh, how, how, how we come to this, <laughs> in the words of the streets, how... how, how... Has it come to this? Oh, <laughs> so, oh, oh, uh, oh. Ben, if you want to, uh, well, actually, yes, Ben. Come on, uh, yeah. you know, you, you you can start where you, wherever you want. I don't know if you want to start at the beginning or or now, but uh, go go where you feel uh, most passionate about. I
0: don't share Charlie's frustration at this, uh, which is surprising because. I get frustrated at everything right now. I'm a very cranky old man. Uh, but to be honest, I've just been calling on Project. Yeah, this
1: dude, this dude attacked a tannoy in public. That was quite funny. But yeah, carry on.
0: It was brutal, man. Was, <laughs> I was not in a good mood yesterday. We were behind the curtain,
1: there for you. <laughs>
0: the fourth wall has been broken down. Um, hmm. Yeah, no. So I, I personally don't. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me that much. I mean, it does confuse me when things like you know bad meets evil is considered uh an ep and then yay is considered an album and one's like 39 minutes and one's 21 minutes it, that doesn't really make sense but i've just been calling them projects to be honest but one thing i did notice the thing that has sparked us having this conversation uh when drake turned 33 a couple of days ago I discovered that, if you're reading this, it's too late. In 2015, was the first mixtape to ever go number one on the Billboard 200, first uh, hip-hop mixtape. Now, since then, right, 23 hip-hop mixtapes have charted in the top 10 from 16 different artists. In the five years prior, zero mixtapes had charted in the top 10. Now, I attributed this solely to Drake in my tweet, just to get engagement. But I do honestly think that uh, most of it has come from Drake's, uh, I guess, idea. I don't know whose idea it was. I don't think it was Drake's. I'm sure it was someone at the label have decided to start putting out commercial mixtapes. And that's what they're classed as on Wikipedia. You know, I just call them projects. But since, if you're reading this, it's too late. Four mixtapes have gone number one, What a Time to Be Alive by Drake and Future, more Life, which is now being considered a mixtape rather than a playlist, which is probably correct. I'd, I don't know why. Yeah, pl- playlist sounds a bit silly. Logics, uh, I think it was Young Sinatra 4. I think that was the, the mixtape. And amazingly, Youngboy Never Broke mm-hmm. Again's AI Youngboy 2, which went uh, number one a couple of weeks ago. I didn't even know. This is what uh, surprised me. I've been calling it an album for a week on, in my tweets, and someone mentioned, yo, there's a mixtape. And I looked it up, and it was. So that's just a quick history of how we got to this point having this conversation. I'd like to talk a little bit about the history of mixtapes, and then I think we can go through it over time. Because, look, mixtapes might, people might not know out there that these might be the most important part of hip-hop. Like, we understand that Cool Herc and these uh, these DJs created hip-hop, And we've spoken about this ad nauseum on this podcast, how hip-hop was created and was born uh, back in the Bronx and and at these block parties with DJs like mixing up uh, their record collection and and turning block parties into huge dance parties. But what people don't understand is that the way that hip-hop was being distributed back in the day was people were recording these and then putting them onto cassette tapes and then distributing that throughout America. And that was how hip hop was spreading. You know, it wasn't it wasn't mm-hmm. via vinyl. It wasn't via rate, ma- major record uh, labels, recording artists, and recording these live things and putting them in record stores. It was like this underground tape circuit. And in the '70s and '80s, it was absolutely massive because, you know, hip hop was born of live performance. And that's where the most energy was, that's where the vibe was, that's where the culture was. You know, that's where hip-hop truly shined, like, in this live performance, and people were recording these. And, you know, there was exclusive verses, there was exclusive music, music that no one had ever heard before. And when artists were going into the studio, they weren't able to recreate this this live performance energy. So these tapes, these cassette tapes, mixtapes, became even more you know, they became more hot property than actual albums and singles by artists. And um, this was a time in hip hop where, you know, the mixtape ruled. like it was, it was what was spreading it throughout America
1: was, it was vitally
0: important to the the beginning of hip hop.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to just, uh, I actually found a, uh, uh, an article uh, from a, uh... Uh, from Dan Reese of uh, Billboard uh, from a couple of years ago, talking to DJ Drama about the history, and and he actually it was basically DJ Drama giving an all history of yeah, uh, mixtapes, yeah. and I found it very fascinating because he just gives like a few paragraphs on just uh, every stage of it. So uh, he goes into the early days uh, to 1980s and 1990s, going to uh, uh, I used to be a teenager, growing up to Real Master Mixtape, Ron G, Doo-Wop, uh to Kid Capri, SNS, and then obviously DJ Clue. Uh, which he kind of revolutionised the game, uh, making it about, obviously, exclusives, uh, you know, new shit, new shit, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, And from that came just a little bit before. um, You're probably going to mention 50 50 Cent at some point, so I might as well mention it now. Um, The mixtape game just a little before that was obviously where DJ Clue and Doo-Wop were the... the, uh, uh, I guess the pioneers of this f- side and I just I, even even with that said right before we even get to like the two thousand stuff like that just think about that of how there is a there is kind of a sub history here where we can literally just talk about we, we don't even have to talk about albums like we like we might like we usually do when we talk about hip-hop history like we when we go back in hist- hip-hop history we usually talk about you know albums we talk about you know uh uh Paid in full. We talk about uh, uh, I don't know, name uh, Thirty Six Chambers or whatever. We talk about albums, but there's a whole sub history here of mixtapes where we where they literally be like a whole series of just a uh, coverage of just uh, and documentation about what happened to mixtapes and just uh, and how did that evolve. So you have like obviously albums and stuff like that, and obviously the whole genre of hip hop music was underground at that point but we have the mixtapes, we also have albums, uh, it's it's just, it's just kind of fascinating how the, how it's just like, there's an underground, under the underground, if that, if that makes any sense, but yeah, but once the, um, the quote-unquote street album came through, uh, according to uh, this circle here, so 2003 to 2007, uh, that's just obviously after the 50 era, well, from the 50 era anyway, uh, pretty much where it became a street album mixtapes destroyed the demo tape nobody cared about your demo tape anymore it was like what are you doing with your mixtape and how the street selling it i definitely say they helped me inspire to what i did with gangster grills it's obviously the uh the uh premiere Gangsta series grills, from dj Bastards. drama from then from back then uh and he goes on saying it was uh that era after 50 from 04 to 06 where I was playing, much a dominant force, mixtape game has always uh, has always had its realms across the country, but we did uh what well, we did with Gangster Grills and other eyes uh, that were coming up, we really bought the mixtape uh, game to the south, to to where it really lived. And yeah, and then it obviously got to the blog era, which is kind of where I where I uh, heard of mixtapes and stuff like that. Um, there are a few that I go back to and um, actually most of the most of the legendary mixtapes that you know you see on uh, either, you know, Dat Piff, for example, is most of the time, most of them are in that space of like uh, late two thousands, uh, and obviously this decade. But even with that said, you go into stuff like that where it goes to literally says mixtape as album evolution two thousand twenty fourteen. Generation of Big Sean, Kendrick, Drake, Cole, Wiz, Uh, here's a whole new crop of eyes that are kind of putting out projects in a sense where they're not as DJ related as they once were, but but they're still called mixtapes. And he goes, I still respect them as that, but they almost took the concept of the mixtape and the demo and they were able to create their own lanes and their own avenues. So, with that said, again, I'm just trying to, I'm personally just trying to figure out what the hell is a mixtape now. And I guess in that case, it's obviously there's obviously an evolution here that needs to be, you know, recognized that before it was just DJs like uh, probably just making mixes, you know, like most DJs do these days. Um, there's a lot of um, it's big in obviously the radio game, um, a lot of radio DJs that do mixes and they just like slap it on for an hour. Um, there's a lot of obviously EDM DJs, drum and bass DJs uh, that do that constantly. Uh, hip-hop DJs, I think less so. Um, not in like the official, uh, you know, drop an hour mix on SoundCloud kind of way that mm. obviously drum and bass and uh, dance music people uh, do a lot a lot these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But back then it was literally just DJs doing a beat, doing probably a beat tape or stuff like that. And right. after that, Obviously, DJ Clue made it into exclusives. New shit, new shit, new shit, new shit. New shit! And I might put an echo on that Let's see see how that works. <laughs> but uh, I, I just enjoy saying new shit. Um, but, uh Yeah, obviously, at that point, it was bringing... <laughs> <laughs> Heavy. Um, bringing in artists and, uh, you know, uh, bringing that up, I guess. And then... So now it's just become more of... More leaning to the artist. And I'm just... Um, and I guess I guess it's kind of the same in all hip hop circles isn't it because obviously bef- obviously in one way DJ started hip hop if if we're being real and now it's just artists that we care about and now in terms of mixtapes artists, again, is all we care about. You know, there's, there's, there's a few producers here and there that have, um, you know, Michael Made It, uh, that has like Ransom uh, uh, Ransom, al- I don't even know if they're albums or mixtapes, again a confusing as shit, but there there are producers that create projects obviously, that always, that's always a given but it's not as a producer or DJ oriented as it used to be and that's kind of that's just the same in all hip hop circles, and I just find that kind of fascinating. But yeah, it, it, it's it's a weird history. I, I really do find it very, a very very odd history in this evolution and how it's just been. I, I don't want to say hijacked by mm. by artists now, but when I see someone, when when you say like you know Drake and Future have done a mixtape, I'm like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but mixtape in what sense? You know, what I mean, I just I just. I just qualify it, and it's not because it's Drake and Future. I will say that to Kendrick, I'll say that to Cole, I'll say that to Big Sean and Wiz Khalifa, I'll say it to all of them. Like, I, I want to... I usually... Everyone has their different definitions of mixtape, and I guess mine is much more classically oriented in, like, a DJ is... or a producer is, like, saying, i got some new shit, and then they bring on artists to, like, you know, just slap on some lyrics. And now it's just literally artists just make an album and then i don't know just 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 they just label as a mixtape because they can i just i just find that a bit easy if that if that makes any sense
0: well let's dig into the history of mixtapes and the history of monetization because i think that what has happened to us in our generation because you know we are the blog era and especially not living in america we didn't really understand the concept of you know the physical mixtape now dj drama was arrested in 2007 for you know distributing bootleg copies of music and a lot of people said that it was apparently he was arrested under the Rico laws uh, and and no charges were ever leveled against him mm. that that I found uh, DJ drama was very coy when when asked about it but it was a huge story and the assumption was that because he was selling physical copies of CDs uh, with music, from you know major artists because that's what these you know, Lil Wayne, etc, etc 50 Cent was the the wave when he started rapping over other people's beats but the the problem was that they were profiting off it but what that failed to understand was that, you know, DJs had been profiting off mixtapes since the beginning of time, this is how mixtapes mix were monetized, man there was a small period where they weren't which is when Dat Priff Live mixtapes, etc, took off and DJs were pretty salty about that. Mm. DJ Drama, uh, I think it was him in an interview. It might have been... It wouldn't have been Who Kid. I think it was Drama. And he said, you know, I was we were pretty pissed off that they were putting our stuff up for free. And But for us, you know, especially not living in America, that was how we got misstapes. We downloaded them for free off the internet, off that Piff. And I actually found a copy of No Ceilings yep. on phys- on a physical CD and I bought it because I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like, I would love to have that on CD. But it was such an anomaly to me. But, uh, you know, mixtapes were being monetized back in the day, like uh, Envy, Clue, uh, Who Kid. These guys would, uh, I mean, they were at the, at the forefront of the mixtape culture that 50 Cent took and, and turned into like a massive kind of wave, like just a huge monetary wave. But, you know, Envy said, one of the things he said uh, was that interns were working at like publications in hip-hop outlets for free they weren't getting paid because that's what you do as an intern so envy would pay him 500 bucks to hook him up with (laughs) uh, an exclusive verse from uh biggie from park from dmx and so he would get that before time before the album came out and he would leak in inverted commas that that verse and he would sell that mixtape for a lot of money you know clue said that he was earning before he was signed to rockefeller because he put out three albums three really good albums the professional series part one part two part three he actually got jay-z and Nas on the same album in 1998 that's rare man but before he was signed (laughs) he even said like why would i sign because i was making so much money he's like i was making more money than i knew what to do with selling my mixtapes and um you know who kid who kid said that he used to be afraid that Jay Z would beat him up, and because you know he was leaking people's music. So the, the 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 way I'm saying all this, and and Fifty Cent is like people don't understand how important he was in the mixtape game because he was one of the first artists to actually take control of his own mixtapes. Now Jay Z did sign DJ Clue to Rockefeller in '98 or '97. And uh, DJ Clue had a major label deal, but you know Jay Z wasn't the artist putting out the mixtape. And artists were getting hot off these mixtapes, and that's why major labels were so keen on them. Even if they uh, officially distanced themselves from it, these this was like this was like the underground underground scene, and artists were blowing up off their mixtape verses. And so when Fifty Cent overtook the process and started like curating and cultivating his own mixtapes. Like it wasn't a DJ behind this. 50 Cent was uh, procuring, there's a word, procuring the the beats and wrapping original content over the top of them, putting them out himself. Sometimes he would even claim that they were leaked so that uh, he would build up hype and making hundreds of thousands of dollars off these mixtapes. And uh, so I honestly think that what's happening now in the current climate where Drake and Future and YoungBoy NBA, etc., are putting out these commercial mixtapes, is not that weird. Uh, the only weird thing is that the DJs have been excluded from the process, but to be 100% fair, they had been excluded since the late 2000s when Dap, Piff, and Live mixtapes came into the into the fold. And whilst DJs were still hosting these mixtapes, you know, drama with gangster Grills, Canon... All these, uh, I'm sure, Funk Flex had a couple. DJ Holiday, um, they weren't actually making any money off this because they couldn't sell a physical copy anymore. It was it was being like disseminated for free online, and it was the artists that were making the money now. They were they were blowing up off these these mixtapes and then touring off them. You know, I was listening to Currency on Rap Radar, and, and they were asking him about why he puts out so much free music. He's like, "Why not, man? They're gonna pay me to come." to my show they're going to pay more money to come to my show than they're going to pay for a physical copy of a cd and so i honestly don't see Mm. the current wave of commercial mixtapes as that different to just the history of mixtapes in general they've always been monetized i think 50 cent just turned it into money for the artists and you know that was like early 2000s so it's been 15 years since since that kind of stuff happened so yeah, I don't i don't see it as that out of the ordinary what's been happening i
1: mean i don't, i i guess i i guess i understand where you're coming from and i'm probably being just like angsty for no reason about it um, i i and i and i do i do understand that then obviously i i think he was a i i think he was just a very it, it became it became shady just because of like you know artists wanted to be up these DJ- <laughs> beat up these DJs because like they're leaking shit and I was like if if uh, I, I do wonder if like you know DJs and producers were just more um, you know official with it then and maybe more smart with it then maybe they could have like you know made more out of it than they did if that makes sense because. I'm seeing from what I'm seeing in this uh, from this uh, admittedly not in that time and I feel like you need you need to be in that time just to uh, or in that space to actually like really understand what went down you have to be there on the ground kind of thing uh, when it comes to history like this but I I do, I do just find it a bit odd that like you'd you you do these exclusives you get these artists in and then they just uh and then you and then you have the idea to leak them or, st- or something like that, and I'm just like that doesn't sound logical you know what i mean i I'm not a business type at all, but it just sounds like you're just burning bridges just for no reason <laughs> just, I, I, am i being am i being off base here i, I, I don't know i am kind of freeballing at the moment but well, the... I, I I just find it weird but um, even on that even on that note um. I think now, uh, especially with streaming, I just uh, I I think it's kind of a I think another gripe I have is that even the mixtapes, the artist based mixtapes of, of from from yonder, like a uh, you know Lil Wayne's Dedication or, or stuff like that, or a Wiz Khalifa's Cabin Fever, for example, right? Uh, Cabin Fever was one of my favorite mixtapes from like uh, from earlier in the decade, and I I love that shit. Um, me loving was clear. I didn't. You never see it coming, but I really did. And um, they it, he recently dropped the well, not recently, but probably a couple of years ago. Uh, dropped Cabin Fever on Spotify, and it, it came up on streaming. And that's something that obviously some people are trying to do these days. You know, trying to get the mix, the mixtapes of old, and put them on streaming platforms because logic, right? <laughs> not not the ice. I mean, just logical <laughs> to do that, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, um. Yeah but but uh, I listened the first track the first track I heard off that Kem fever uh, mixtape was uh, phone numbers uh, I think it's like uh, Big Sean and I think Trey the Truth I, I forgot the second person but yeah the beat was completely different and I didn't want to listen to it anymore <laughs> yeah, so clearly smart. there was something that happened there where they couldn't get it, couldn't get the beat cleared or whatever there was clearly some legal shit to there to that and I'm like <sighs> I I I do I do sometimes Hesitate on listening to that kind of stuff, because if you can't give me the original work, then you might as well just leave it on that peer for whatever and just wait for me to really want to download it or something like that or, or or wherever. I just find it a bit eff- I f- I find it a bit half-assed if you're just gonna. If if you can't do it, then you can't do it. Because my boy Xv's trying to put his mixtapes on uh, streaming platforms, and it's impossible. Because that dude had so many samples on his mixtapes, mm. crazy. Like literally, just a quick example for those that haven't listened to Xv. Uh, he had one called Popular Culture, and literally after every song, uh, there was there was like a like him. It was like a him changing channels kind of thing. Um, and it would just have, like, TV, TV loops and uh, you know quotables or whatever, and there was a song called Breaking Bad on there, and at the, and at the end, it literally just went, and then it had Breaking Bad uh, theme on it. <laughs> so, clearly, that will be kind of impossible to probably get on streaming platforms. But now, it's just, like, I think my problem is, getting into Nitty Gris on this, into my problems with it now, is, like, there's not even that anymore. There's, there's not even the... Uh, Even the blog era of like the MySpace mixtapes stuff like that, where because it was on the internet and you couldn't and it wasn't really official, official like you 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 can't you can't sue that of sorts. I guess it's kind of as as clearly gray area there. Now it's just like uh, just it's, it's what I'm saying. It's it's what I'm getting at. It's like if you want, it's basically an album now. Where it's just like if you want to get if you want to get samples, just go clear them. There, there you go. <laughs> it's just it, it, there's no there's not that grassroots sense isn't there for me anymore. That's that's kind of what, that's kind of my beef with it, I guess. In terms of like, uh, 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 if you're reading this, for example, it's just like it, it don't seem it didn't seem grassroots. It just seemed like another Drake album. So mm. I, I guess I guess that's in the eye of the beholder kind of thing. But uh, yeah, and it's obviously very subjective, but. I think that's just kind of another qualm I have with it. It Just doesn't feel grassroots in in the way that uh, in the way that the blog era uh, mixtapes had, and even the obviously the fifty mixtapes had.
0: Drake just carries that feeling around with him, though. To be hundred percent fair, I don't feel that Drake has done anything particularly original in a really long time, and I think that getting sidetracked via Drake. Cause
1: you hear that, guys? He said that, not me. Okay? Just...
0: Come on, man. We all know this. Like, Drake, like... Uh, I don't know. I can't get into that. Yeah, but, but I
1: keep getting... I keep getting... I keep getting shot at. You don't like Drake. I'm like... Yeah, right. Just saying. Uh,
0: Drake's cool, man. He just steals ideas from people and does them because he has a bigger platform and then people believe he did it first. It's like, mm, he doesn't really. But, like, I think that's the... You know, artists are still doing the, the... They're building up their buzz from from mixtapes. Look at Gucci, look at Chief Keef, look at Lil B, look at... You know, it's been happening for a long time. And, and back to your very first point in that, that second section there. You know, the, the reason that DJs were doing this and the reasons I think that they were getting away with it because labels understood the power of having these verses and these hooks leaked. Now, Jay-Z stabbed lance rivera Mm. when he leaked in the entire volume three that's different to leaking like one verse or leaking one hook or leaking you know one song or two songs you know when you leak an entire album i can understand why you might feel pretty heated about that but you know i mean who kid said he got beat up a few times by artists especially 50 cent but he said 50 cent was beating everyone up around that time so it wasn't it wasn't an anomaly for for who kid to get beat up by him but the you know the i think that i think that these dj's overblew their how scared they were and how shook they were of these rappers because labels were really courting this and then you know the street single developed from this like we know the street single to be the song that comes out before the radio pop friendly signal single comes out and it's like dirt off your shoulder kind mm. of thing, like real grimy, and it's meant to, you know, it it, it heats the street up. Like I'm, I, as I said, I'm not on the ground during this time, but you can just see it from afar. Like you know that the the impact that these these singles have, and so I don't think at any stage uh, artists were particularly upset at these these DJs. What I find really interesting is the way that the DJ was muscled out of the entire industry when they were the ones that, you know, brought it to light. They're the ones that sustained it. They're the ones that were on the front line, you know, propelling it forward. Oh, they started the whole thing, bro. That's the thing, man. And they were they were integral to the spread of hip-hop, and they were integral to the commercialization of hip-hop, and we can debate whether that's yeah. a positive or a negative thing. But they're yeah. they, they're the ones that did it, man. They're the mm-hmm. ones that did it, the, and and they were the pioneers of this. And now the 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 issue that I see, the biggest issue that I see going into the two thousand and tens is, you know, the muscling out of the DJ. Now we have to speak about what role mm-hmm. the DJ actually plays nowadays. Because yes, back in the day, they were absolutely vital. You know, they they provided another distribution. Uh, channel for artists to get hot and and a whole other audience and you know for the audience for us they were providing music that was coming out before the albums you know exclusive verses never heard verses before they were dropping like heat like the professional series was fire Um, you know you're getting all these epic posse cuts like you get Method Man and Jay Z uh, sorry Method Man Eminem and Royce on the same song like that's fire you're getting cameron and fabulous on the same song like come on bro like that's a noriega steroids. dude it's just every every track was like op back in the day and nowadays i think we're missing that i think that's missing you know we get Swiss Beats' album was dope i really like that so i think as the audience we're losing something but honestly like what role can the djs even play anymore in this you know i i don't know what role they can play i think they they ran the the mixtape as far as they could and they ran it to the end of their course and then the artists took over and the labels took over and you know you get uh big sean blowing up off mixtapes joey badass uh j cole drake dropping mixtapes like nikki they all blew up off mixtapes that you aren't going to attach are you going to attach a dj to those because I'm not. Like, I can't attach a DJ to those. Whereas, you know, what I'm trying to say is back in the day, if you're talking about DMX prior to his first album, you're going to talk about Clue. You're going to talk about Who Kids. You're going to talk about Envy. Uh, same with, you know, talking about what how Jay-Z got so hot in the streets, uh, you know, 97, 98. It was mixtapes as well. They were involved, talking about even Fabulous. You know, he was signed to Desert Storm. And so... I just, I don't know. Are we missing something without having these DJs involved anymore? Or was it always going to happen this way? Like, is this, you know, is this another example of the homogenization of hip hop where major labels have just brought everything under their influence and now we are just slaves to whatever they decide to put out there and whatever they decide to present us with? Or, you know, have DJs truly. No place in the current landscape of hip hop. Like, what do you think about that?
1: Um, that's actually a very interesting wrinkle you've gone down uh, interesting road you've gone down actually, uh, uh in this case. Um, see, I keep thinking about uh, Kendrick's Dam and how Kid Capri is obviously like all over that in, in snippets, and Total how that just. Way. Total legend. I, I, I was just, I was just thinking when you when you were talking about that. It's just, yeah, when you were talking about that. Uh, actually, just as a side note, I watched like a, uh, like a fifteen minute fucking Kid Capri live mix. It was just so fucking yeah. oh, the energy Amazing. in that room sounded nutty. But anyway, Amazing. continuing on that, uh, it's just it's, it's not a match. But anyway. Um, I, I I I was just thinking when you when you're asking about that about like you know I have have any essence come out of it like, and now that they're, they're non-existent I'm just like well did I feel would I feel any different if Kid Capri wasn't on damn, just for an example and I'm like I I, I don't know I I th- I think I think I would to be honest I think it adds a interesting uh interesting layer even though it obviously doesn't add anything to the actual I guess music or whatever. I just like it because of the nostalgic feel it gives to it. It gives untoward it. And I think that counts for something in my in my eyes anyway. It probably doesn't for anybody uh, for everybody else. But with that said you I, 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 it's it's weird, isn't it? Because I get, uh, because I some, you know, we we've talked about this in some for some episodes and snippets where like, you know, you hear a producer tag and you're like, yeah, okay, okay, we we get it, you're, you're you're there, but but you know, that's that's kind of the bare bones of what they uh, of what they of what they can get these days in terms of just uh shine on a track. Like it it, it probably goes a long way if like, you know, if someone if someone puts one of one track. Where like someone's producer tags on there, and they spin that on their regular rotation for a year, then they're gonna know that they're gonna know who that producer or DJ is because they just it just says their name every time you spin that particular track. So it probably counts for something um, to have like a tag like that on that, um, regardless of how possibly annoying, annoying it can be, <laughs> DJ Khaled. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of bittersweet because I just I do I do kind of like figure that you know I would I probably would be fine without it uh, without without producer tags. Sometimes I don't want producer tags on my track. Sometimes that kind of kills it, um, as the aforementioned. But um, I just feel like there's something that I feel I feel like there's a fumble here. There's a, there's a fumbling uh, a collective fumbling of the bag here from from DJs where. They had all this stuff by the nuts, possibly. You know, they they had they had these verses, these golden verses by the nuts and stuff like that. And you know, you're probably right in some cases. That well, in most cases, that major labels have just you know completely, uh, you know, gotten a dental wipe and just went eh, 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 and just buffed out the unnecessary fat. You know, sometimes that necessary fat is 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 enjoyable. Sometimes it tastes good. You know, um, I don't know why I'm getting the food analogy, but yeah, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is fun um, and adds just a hip hopness to it. Um, it actually reminds me of another another thing. Actually, funny enough, a uh, damn oriented as well. Uh, when I went to see Kendrick the damn tour, was it last year? Two years ago now, probably damn. That's crazy. Um, I, I saw a review, uh, of it, and it was like, uh, and they basically hailed the fact that there was no, you know, quote unquote, unnecessary DJ, uh, scratches or or, or like a uh, just like you know, you know, when you go to a one DJ one MC show like a Master Race and Marco Polo for example, and you know, there's just like a you know a couple of intervals where like you know the DJ does his thing, and I'm like. Bro, that's fucking hip hop right there. You're just saying hip hop shit, basically. You're just, mm. you're just saying like, what, 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 what's, what? You're acting like there's no the the. I had like such a passionate response towards that particular sentence because obviously that particular show was very minimal, and they were praising that fact and, yeah, and basically shitting on DJs. And I'm just like, well, because exactly. So because I had that passionate response towards someone saying that, oh, I'm so happy there wasn't any uh, DJs coming in to do like a two hour two hour scratch scratch session. I'm like, go fuck yourself. I'm on that scratch session. Get Kendrick, get a scratch session or get I can't even say it right. Get Kid Capri. Get Kid Capri on your next tour, bro. Do it. Just to piss this guy off. <laughs> so clearly so clearly I have a affinity for this uh for this uh I guess uh, lost essence of hip hop but at the same time, producer tags sometimes piss me off. So um, sometimes it's just highly just either too long or just too loud or just just invades the track. Um so yeah, I'm I'm very I am very fifty fifty towards it. Um I do think in some ways that DJs overall as a collective um as a collective people, so to speak, have Kind of fumbled the bag, like they could have obviously. People like DJ Drama and Who Kid, and uh, you know, and Kid Capri, for uh, you know, they're all cool, they're good now. You know, Kickapri is one of the greatest show DJs uh, at the moment, like constantly touring worldwide, doing his thing. Uh, DJ Drama's still doing his thing. Who Kid's got his own radio shows, I think. So, you know, they're cool, they're, they're, they're probably comfy, but uh. I just feel like they could have had a bigger footprint in hip hop history if they just like I don't know just acted smart about it I guess I, I I I don't know I don't know if I'm being um disrespectful in that sense but um I just feel like there's they they could have done more with what they had if that makes any sense like you know artists clearly have done it in the past decade yeah, you know I mean the 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 amount of eyes that have come through do, by doing mixtapes on that Piff or SoundCloud, obviously the, in in recent years, they they clearly found a formula. So I don't know why mm. DJs had thirty like a basically a twenty year head start and they did not much with it instead of uh, instead just got beat up for leaking shit.
0: <laughs> this is interesting. This is really interesting because that just sparked something crazy in my head because. We yeah, basically really just is. had the. We just basically had the same conversation as we had with regards to producers on the producer episode, where we were like, "Did they fumble the bag? Did they should it they really have done is. something yeah, else?" I was and I'm just like, "Hang on a sec, like we, you know, if it happens once, it's you know maybe, but if it happens to two separate incredibly influential groups in hip hop history, I mean, it 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 irked me a little bit, even yeah. when you said." Uh, Should they have, you know, secured a bigger footprint upon hip-hop history? And I'm like, well, they've they've got one of the biggest footprints. But then I was like, yeah, but how many people know that? Because I certainly didn't know it until I started delving into this and and really researching it and truly understanding just how essential DJs have been to hip-hop history and and where we are now. I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to keep going back and saying it's major labels, but, like, holy shit, who... Who is, who is pulling all these strings? Because I don't think that DJ Drama and DJ Envy and DJ Clue are fumbling bags because you've literally just said, you know, that they're all good. They're all, you know, DJ Who Kid is good. DJ Envy's on freaking Breakfast Club. Like, DJ Clue, uh, Funk Flex has his own radio show. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're all good. They're smart people. They're smart businessmen. They wouldn't have, I don't think they would have fumbled anything unless they were tripped up. I'm just putting that out there, so I don't know man, like personally i uh, i I actually think it's different. I think that they came to the end of the run that they were on, and i I don't think it's that they struggled to pivot into the blog era. I just think artists muscled them out and and I think they did that with the help of major labels, and I just think. It was always going to happen this way. You know, when, when music yeah. went from hard copies to digital, I, you know, uh, DJs had a decent run even after because, you know, uh, piracy really began with Napster in 1999. And I ran some numbers and discovered mm. that the downturn in sales was massive around 03, 04, And whilst we look at like 50 Cent Eminem selling million copies first week, that's huge. But they were like at the pinnacle... Everyone underneath that, like the next group were really struggling, and that's when piracy started to take hold. And uh, mixtape DJs were still uh, like really uh, lucrative. They were, they were making a lot of money during this period. so they, they had a decent run. And, and I just think you know they came to the end of their run and they put in very, very admirable service. and I'm kind of with you where I would love to say that I think we're missing a true. Part of hip hop in the current landscape. But there was one other point I wanted to make. It's like, you know, we've spoken a lot about the death of lyricism in the mainstream of hip hop and how lyricism used to be like a precursor to getting even in the door in commercial hip hop in the 90s and early 2000s. Whereas now, not at all. You know, lyricism is gone by the wayside. The death of the third verse, you know, you've got people like Griselda. Who in 1998 would be on par with the Locks, but now they're just underground kings, and it, mm. it's it's like the thing that DJs that DJ staked themselves on was releasing, as you said, these golden verses. They had these leaked golden verses, and nowadays leaking is just sad. Like you go, I got Playboy Cardi statistics up here, um, sixty-seven percent of the songs that exist of Playboy Cardi in the last two years are leaks. People are just leaking like, you know, 500 songs at once. Like, that's lame. No one, what the hell is that? That's that's terrible. You know, back in the day, DJ Envy would leak a Tupac verse and it would be one verse and everyone would go ballistic over it. Now you're getting like 100 leaked songs at once. It's just so I think that is the yeah, thing that empty. I think yeah. that's what we've lost that's that's what I will say we've lost. I, I can't say we've lost a lot else because I think that we saw it come to its fruition and it was beautiful and it was glorious and it was impactful and important. But I think what we have lost is now these exclusive these leaks, whatever they're just they're just like some kid at his computer hacking into the iCloud and then dump data dumping it on reddit or something it's like it's so lame it's there's no ceremony there's no cinema there's no movie there's no story it's like bro that's sad what about poor playboy cardi whereas back in the day it was getting artists hot now it's just ruining album releases and stuff like that so that's what i would say we've lost the most
1: yeah um i think i think i i'm gonna fully just lean over to your side of uh Major labels fucked this all up because Thank I'm just trying to tinfoil hat tinfoil hat. You know, I really hey. I, I did I did try. I'm the tinfoil. It's coming on. It's coming Ooh, on. Yep, I'm putting it on shit. as we speak. I wish I had something aluminium right now so so I could make the sound on my mic, but I don't. But yeah, I'm 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 putting it on now because uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm really thinking about it. And obviously, I said at the start of the show, I was just uh, start of the topic anyway. I was just like, I want to figure out why. I have such a problem with, you know, mixtapes these days. In recent years, are basically albums, and I really do think that is a label, yes. uh, a label influenced sp- decision. Where mm-hmm. you might as well, if if you have this, if you have this platform, if you have the platforms to drop these kind of things, uh, regardless if it's a mixtape or or a studio album, or maybe label it as a mixtape so if it's crap then people won't care about it but then when it's a studio album people are going to care about it a little bit more regardless of the mixtapes because when you hear studio album when you hear debut studio album you're like oh okay let me just let me just get myself sorted right yeah, here yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. it really does make a it really does make a difference, a difference in my yeah. mind so like for an example and i will finish on this just an example um uh, Dave East uh dropping a i think it, finally dropping his debut album in a, in like a week or so. Yeah, it's crazy. And I listened to his uh, two, past two mixtapes. Uh, I think it was like Paranoia 2 and something else. And they were, they were fucking mixtapes. And I was like, oh, these are, I was listening to them. And I was like, oh, these are good albums, you know? These are good albums. And then, boom, there you go, mixtapes. And I was like, what the fuck? They're fucking albums. They sound like albums. They... They, they they sound like albums. I can't I can't really fathom why you're calling it a mixtape. So you know what? I'm just gonna lean in. I'm just gonna put that on that tinfoil hat, and I think it's I think it's major labels on this front. I I really do. Like hey, if to it's the hill. if it's crap, then people don't care. If it's if it's um if it's a uh, if it's a mixtape and it's great, then people are gonna say, "Oh, top ten mixtape this 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 week, uh, this year, oh top ten this decade." Nah, no, nah, no. Nah. And then obviously Drake made a number one with his, and, and then everyone just went ape shit. And it's just like, you know, it's just it's just it's just smart. It is smart, like you know, it doesn't dig into the uh, to the album sense of like because we like to obviously um, judge people by their album work and not their mixtapes. Because they're mixtapes, and when we hear mixtapes, we hear, you know, they're not trying that hard. You know, they're mm. probably just throwing up some bars, and you know, they got some, they got some beats from from a producer or whatever, and you know, they thought, oh, let me put this on, a, let me put this on some wax, and then just throw it out there and see what happens. No, I think this shit's real calculated. I really do. So yeah, um, I'm just gonna leave it at that because uh, I'm just, I can, I think I've made my point. But yeah, I really do think it's just major labels on this front on especially this decade oh, um i think boy. after right after the blog era i think is just where it just like they were like ooh, ooh we can just sign them and then they could do mixtapes and then yeah then then and then they could just say it's a great mixtape or whatever and it's just like it's a fucking album bro <laughs> but, right. uh, there you six go I, I, okay. six i i feel, six. I, I don't I, I feel sad to be honest with this Six months.
0: (laughs) Six months. I've been trying to, uh, I've been trying to like focus your ire on major labels, and I finally got there. Thank you. (laughs) And it's so glorious. You don't know how good I feel right now. Like, my soul is cleansed. There's like warm, warm glow in my body. I'm like, yes. Fuck you, major labels. You're ruining hip hop. um...
1: Yeah, well, oh, yeah. we said this in the mini series and in the independent label series, and major label series. Like, we, I I, 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 agree with you in a sense. Like, you know, I mean, I didn't really have the tinfoily level, but I agree to you that major labels have done damage to hip hop culture. And like, you know, I'm not stupid. I see. Yes, you know, it's I don't. I, 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 I look at back in the day, the you know, 30 years ago, and obviously, at that point, it was organic. It was it literally was that that one word it was organic and it felt fresh and then obviously come the turn turn the millennium it was just it just became a little bit more a little bit more commercial and it was just it just felt a little bit different it didn't it didn't hit the same and you know it just it's just how it goes sometimes and uh, and now i'm just thinking about it in terms of mixtapes and it's probably the exact same way where you know, you see, you, there's there's people that uh, that have done great for mixtapes back in the day, the Clues, the Dramas, and all that. And they had the exclusives, they had the you know the bars that the 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 legendary bars that you you won't hear unless you get this tape. You know, like you know, it it makes sense, but now it's just literally just slap it on SoundCloud or slap it on Datpiff, and you know, if it slaps, it slaps, and if it doesn't, then. Doesn't matter. It's not an album, so so do what you want with it. So yeah, you know, I'm I I, I will give you credit, but you know, just chill. Like, I'm not acting like I wasn't. Ah, oh, it's not a major label. Stop it. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. but, no, um, I'm not in saying. In this that. case, I really do think uh, labels have just they they've just stuck their fist right in right in the way the sh- sun don't shine on this one. So, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering I mean, where I'm you go because I feel sad. I was
0: wondering- that's a, that was a that was a dark note. To Jesus Christ, man! We gotta move on to something else because that was a dark visual. Oh shit! All right, let me let me move on to what I was gonna I was gonna do last week because um, so I've been analyzing punchlines for hip hop numbers. Yeah, so you've been waiting. What, we bite your breath. What I'm what I'm going to do is I'm gonna read out four punchlines from four separate artists, and I want you to rate out of five how good you believe the punchline is, okay? So, that's simple, right? <laughs> now, I'm going to start reading out okay, now. Okay. I'm two paid. I'm three paid.
1: Okay.
0: What do you rate it out of five? Say it again. I'm two paid. I'm three paid. Two is in T-double-O. <laughs> Give me a rating, bro. We got we to gotta, we gotta jump oh, these I'm out. I'm two
1: paid. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Give me All your ratings.
1: Right, um, uh, uh, about two. Two? All right.
0: All right, here we go. Shit don't get out of hand, it get handled, homie.
1: <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, one, in a, one, in one and a half. Yeah, one and a half. All right. I feel like I'm going to break the bars.
0: <laughs> Beat the odds and Get even. Oh god, these are terrible, man.
1: That sounds like a that sounds like a film tagline. I swear I've heard that somewhere else on like Ocean's Eleven or some shit, like like a film poster. Um, on like two and a half.
0: Oh, that's alright. It's pretty high. All right, here we go. Saw me on the web, like I had an what extra six. No, here we go. Here we go. Saw me on the web, like I had an extra six legs. <laughs>
1: so fucking corny. Oh god, that's excruciatingly painful. Sorry, no, that 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 gives me that gives me that makes me cringe. One. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, okay, here we go. So, that was <laughs> that was one artist. That was all one artist. Now I'm going to um I'm going to move on to another artist. This is going to be this will be interesting. All right. <laughs> okay, so uh put the gun inside. What the fuck for? I sleep with the gun and she don't snore.
1: <laughs> that's alright. That's, 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 I'll give her about I'll give her about three.
0: Okay. Uh, this one. Karma is a bitch. Just make sure that bitch is beautiful.
1: <laughs> oh, that sounds like a Kanye lyric. Um, two. Okay.
0: I could change the world. I'd rather change the people.
1: What that's such a nothing I feel I feel like there there are more bars behind this that I need to hear beforehand, but just, I guarantee you, it's just like what? I guarantee it sounds you, like
0: barren. Bare bones. I guarantee you these are standalone bars. <laughs> I've gone through this ad length. These are standalone <laughs> bars.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, that's about one one, to be honest.
0: Okay, so the final Very one brilliant. I'm gonna the final one I'm gonna do. Twin Glocks, you can call them siblings, and then bullets travel. Better hope I keep dribbling. Now that's a layered bar.
1: Okay. Yeah, there's some there's some depth to that. Okay. Yeah, that's about that's about a, that's about a four. Okay, so four. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it off there.
0: I'm gonna say that. Wait, just let me tally these up. Just let me tally these up real quick. Let me just get Excel open because I have a point I'm going to make here. And it is entrapment because I did mention last week that I was going to entrap you. Uh, So here we go. 2 plus 1.5 plus 2.5 plus 1. So those 4, you gave a 7. All right, now we've got got 3 plus 2 plus 1 plus 4 is a 10. So you've given one artist a 7 and one artist a 10. Do you want to know the artist that you gave a 7 out of 10? Sorry, a 7 out of 20, because this was for... You gave gave Big Sean a 7 out of 20. That was Big Sean's bars at the top there.
1: I knew that was Big Sean. I knew that was Big Sean.
0: Would you like to know the artist that you gave a 10 out of 20, a pass mark, may I say? Little Wayne. Oh dear! I knew
1: you, I knew this was it. Oh. I knew this was it. I was oh like, I knew he was going to give Lord. me a big Sean Lil Wayne corniness Why? level. I knew you'd do this. I actually knew it. I was like, I knew you oh. could do this. Ah, oh, entrapped. I'm pissed. Entrapped. What's your point? What's your point, bro? So
0: my point is this: I've been going through punchlines. I went through Lil Wayne's discography. I went through oh. Big Sean's discography. Big Sean is one of the worst rappers in the world. He makes dad jokes that are worse than jokes made by my dad. It got to the point where my dad actually came into my room while I was analyzing. And I would would tell him... Because he was so excited to hear how horrific these bars are. And dude, there was like 30 on every album. Just truly clunky, horrible punchlines. Just... I don't understand this obsession with Big Sean. He's a bad rapper. He's bad. How can we say I just don't get it, man? I- I'm so confused. I need Charlie help me understand. How do we How do people like Big Sean? <gasps> oh. Tell me, please explain. I
1: I feel a bit I feel a bit I feel like I've been bamboozled here just a little bit because I I I know for a fact those are not Lil Wayne's worst bars. I'm sorry, those are not his worst. I feel I feel a bit I feel a bit cheated here. Cause okay. granted, those smart. Big Sean's bars are terrible. And I will smart. wholeheartedly agree that Big Sean has some whack fucking punchlines. For a punchline rapper it should be way better. But sorry. These niggas swag don't exist like zebra feet. <laughs> <laughs> come on bro, that's funny I'm in the ocean getting shark pussy Oh,
0: no, 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 Grubber no, no. Don't tree. bring up the Ask that bitch
1: who sh- but me Stop, no, stop I almost stop. drowned in her pussy stop. so I swam to a butt like, like, Come let's on man let's not, let's not do this Let's not act no, like no, 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 no. Relax. Let's not act like Lil Wayne does not have some doo-doo bars I'm sorry, stop. He does, but no. A bit of female dragon had a fire conversation. Bro, oh, that's classic. a Kanye level corny bar, bro. That's that is, classic. That's Kanye-level. Nah, I mean, the ocean that getting shark pussy that's is whack. deep. No, bro, bro, stop... Bro, you're getting nostalgia. You're getting nostalgia. You want nostalgia glasses on, bro. You're just going, this is a I classic. Do. No, that's corny cool as shit. You know it, bro. Stop it. Absolutely <laughs> stop it. So I'm, I'll give you this. I'll give you this, regardless of how I feel stitched up in this com. In this particular challenge, I feel stitched <laughs> the fuck up because you know I don't real let- rate Lil Wayne like that, and you know I hold hope for Big Sean. I but, did it on purpose. And I agree, they both have some terrible bars, but I feel hard done by. It, and you didn't even pick. You did not. You, you were very selective with these little Wayne bars. I, I will say, uh, you were very selective. And, you, and, 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 I felt some psychological bullshittery going on that last one where you're going, like, now that was a good bar. <laughs> I, know, I shouldn't be influenced by that. I shouldn't be influenced by that, but I did. And you finessed me. Okay? This is disgraceful. I'm getting the court of arbitration, the court of hip-hop arbitration on you. I'm emailing them as we speak. This is a bullshittery, and I feel half done by it. Oh Unbelievable. How are you doing, ruin the whole.
0: You just ruined the whole recording when you see this, when you go to edit it. You're just going to see this giant line where I completely lost it. Oh my gosh, man. Yes, you are correct, Charlie. It was very, very intentional of me. I went through Little Wayne's bars and there were, you know, <laughs> there were bars in there that I'm like, I can't use this. I can't use this. This is a zero out of five. This is a zero out of a hundred. This is a bad bar. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I just, you know, the big Sean stuff, I, I don't know, man, like... The, 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 we'll, so, so, I was listening uh, to I Don't Fuck With You the other day uh, with Winnie. Actually, it was about a month and a half ago. And, you know, we we'll listened to the first two verses and I was rapping it flawlessly. Um, obviously, not using the N-word, which I want to fucking say to all the white people out there, we are not allowed to use that word don't use that word. It doesn't matter where you are. Just don't fucking rap that word. It's very easy to not say a word. Don't say it anyway. And so we're about to get to the third verse. And and Winnie's like, do you know the lyrics to the third verse? I said, I don't fucking know lyrics to that verse. That's, That's garbage. That's a terrible verse. She's like, what do you mean? I said, Big Sean's third verses are always trash. He ruined blessings. He just ruined songs with his last verse. She's like, oh, can't be that bad. His first verse was great. I'm like, yeah, it was. Trust me, it's shit. So it comes on. At the end of it, she just looks over at me. She's like, that was shit. I said, yep, yeah, it was. <laughs> so, yeah, man, look, I, I just, uh, I get disappointed with Big Sean. I'm like, don't, don't, why are you rapping this? like, uh, my grandmother died, so I'm the man of the house. So every morning I'm up because I can't let them down. Bro, stop! Like, oh man, ugh. Anyway, that was just yeah. Ain't that bad? Ugh, that's garbage, man.
1: That's ugh. Oh, Ain't that bad, bro, 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 bro. Hey, bro. bro. You know what, right? This is this is um, this is um, this is how I'm gonna cut this all off, right? This is how I'm gonna just top this all and just trim it all off, right? And Rick Ross has been uh, has, has done this as well.
0: I hate Rick Ross.
1: Lil Wayne said. Beat the pussy up like Emmett Till.
0: Yeah, that's that's one I of the worst lines in hip hop history.
1: You, there is no, there is no bar w- in the world that the Big Sean has rapped where it is not just bad, but that's, just absolutely disgusting. Okay, that could be so worse than just, the logic just line. because I I, yeah. I I can't I can't deal with that kind of shit. Like I can't that deal be, with nice it oh, like, talks like that. It's, me, just, it's just like that's yes. just that's just grim.
0: You know what that's he did cool. after that. You know what he does after that line. He he chuckles. He does that little ween chuckle. It's like that could be worse than the oh. lo, the logic line. That could be worse than the logic line. I think it is. Like it's disrespectful to women. It's disrespectful it's to Emmett Till. It's, it's fucking. It, How yeah. can that's the top two worst bars of all time? They censored that on the album version. But like, oh my. Oh my days. Like what do you what do you what what the fuck are like you? you if you have
1: to center it on the album, like oh, fucking That's oh. the thing, man. That's see, the thing. See, if, first if, I was yeah. sad and now I feel cheated and now you've and now I just feel pissed off. Like this this is a terrible website for me. I feel I'm I'm going through it all today. I need to take all fucked up. Unbelievable. Ooh, I, I Can I we finish <laughs>
0: <laughs> if we can not we're gonna finish <laughs> listeners and Charlie's gonna berate me or off air, or he's just gonna end the call immediately. But I will, I will report back next week and tell you exactly what. Because <laughs> you don't, you guys don't get to see this, but
1: it can get heated
0: sometimes in our post, uh, in our breakdown. I understand, I understand. I apologise for entrapping you. I forgot about that horrible bar. Um, fuck you, little Wayne. Yeah, all right, yeah,
1: yeah. That that, that fucked the whole thing up. yeah ugh,
0: that's disappointing.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a fuckery edition of Digging in Digits. I Damn. feel sad. I feel angry. I do too now. I feel cheated. I do too. And I'm I feel sorry. like I've been pranked, to be honest. I feel like this is a podcast version of a YouTube prank. Um, So, yeah, that's, I that's kind of where child. I'm at right now. So, that's how, that's how it is. <laughs> For, <laughs> I've been Charlie Taylor of The Fifth Element. I've been
0: Vanguard of Hip Hop Numbers.
1: A.K.A. C
0: Snake. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this episode.
1: Oh,
0: that's dark.
1: I shall try and have a... I shall try and have (laughs) a... Taylor Swift Have a good week, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no. We shall always try and do the same. Ben's got a mouse to eat. But until then... Oh, dear. Hopefully,
0: Hopefully Digging in the Digits will be back next week. Hopefully. We'll try and repair our relationship during the week, guys. We yeah, pending.
1: Pending. Huh. yeah, pending. Pending. Yeah, pending. Under review.
0: Under, under review. Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. Peace. Hopefully.
1: Digging Indigenous is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show, piece and video games by Bonus Points, makes 12 records for the videos you use. Socials for the 5th Element, Hip Hop by Numbers, Bonus Points and 12 Records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a 5th Element Podcast Network and Hip Hop by Numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us. We'll see you next time on Digging in the Digging.